Well, hey there, American Farmsteaders. This is Donna with Hazel Bell Farm. And Jenny with the Gramstead Family Farm. And we are coming to you from Northeast Florida as two American farmsteaders doing our best to grow our own food and share our experiences with you in hopes that you might grow a little food of your own. Yes. Yeah. And today we're actually coming to y'all to talk about um, the fact that I routinely have to tell myself in my head that I chose this. You chose this. Yes. This is the life you wanted. This you is the life. You of it. <laughs> you built it. Yes. You're doing it. And so that means that, you know, that includes everything. Mm-hmm. It, the good, the bad, the ugly. And everything in between. You know, yes, and everything in between. So, yeah. Um, and I have found myself lately really just reminding myself that <laughs> as too. I'm going on about my day. <laughs> and I think, I, me too, I think a lot of it comes down to it's just our busy season, you know? It is. There's a lot happening all at one time. We're burning the candle at both ends. I mean, it's just the way it is. There's, there's things we can do to help, you know, in our routines and our daily schedules and that. But for the most part, like... If the produce doesn't get picked and put up, it's going to go bad. So you feel that pressure. That's right. I picked cucumbers in the rain yesterday because Mm. it was like, you know what? If I don't go out there and do this right now, tomorrow morning they're going to be too big. Right. And I actually saw somebody, it was a YouTube video that I was watching about growing cucumbers. And um, this guy did an experiment with two cucumber plants. And on one of his plants, he would pick them very early, very, very young. Mm -hmm. And the other plant, um, he let them over ripen just slightly. And his whole theory was this plant's going to die as soon as that cucumber starts to over ripen because it's going to send a message to that plant to say, I don't need to put out any more cucumbers. Right. Because this one's over ripening. It has seeds, right. It has seeds. And so that cucumber plant died in his experiment. Interesting. That's what I was telling myself. Like, I chose this. I got to go pick cucumbers (laughs) or I'm going to end up with a dead (laughs) cucumber plant. So, yeah. There I I have right now where I picked, um, They've been a week. They've been a week um, cucumbers, and the way I'm pickling now is like with a low, low heat pasteurization. Okay, for a shelf stable, crispy pickle. Yeah, I see, love it. Yeah, okay. Then I need to get your recipe because yeah. I just got more jars today. Mm-hmm. Because in the past we've done pickles like actually canning them to mm-hmm. make them, you know, shelf stable for mm-hmm. all year or whatever. And by the end of the year, like we weren't really enjoying those pickles anymore. Yeah, they lose their luster. So <laughs> they do. And so this year so far I've just been doing refrigerator pickles, but I have yeah. like I don't know, maybe eight or nine jars of pickles in my fridge right now. Right. Like they're not going to last forever. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah. I you know, so I got to find a different way because I've got like twenty cucumbers sitting on my countertop right now. Right. Well, I'll send you this recipe. It's yes. really easy. Um, but the first step in it is that you um, basically you create. There's two different brines. There's the pickling brine that goes in the jars with the cucumbers. Okay. For the year on the shelf, but before that, you do a brine. Um, for 24 hours, it's it's one to seven days Okay, is what I've read. And so it's been seven days. They've been in there. So it gave me a little, little bit of leeway. some time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which I needed right now. And um, But it's been seven days. Like, I have to get on that. Okay. So And so after that, how are you processing them? Um, you do them in a water bath canner. Okay. 
And I think it's you don't go over 180 degrees. Okay. But you have to hold... No, no, that's what it is. I think you hold 180 for 30 minutes. Okay. Don't quote me on that. Okay. I have to send it to you for sure. I okay. wasn't prepared. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's not hard. It's not okay. hard at all. It's just, it, I need to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it sounds like you just have to watch the temperature yeah, on it and watch the Yeah, you just keep a the thermometer time. in the pot. So you're basically processing them for a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. at a lower heat. Right. Nice. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yes. I need this recipe because I was just thinking about this today yeah. and I bought jars and I'm like, I'm just going to buy the jars and I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was literally I think I did a YouTube today. video on it. Okay. Um, a few months ago. So maybe, maybe okay. I'll just send you that <laughs> if I can find it. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on is we are, we're reminding ourselves every day. I chose this. Yes. My big thing was, um, so I was milking, um, I have a lot of milking debacle happening right now, but um, I was milking cows a few days ago and the I milk on concrete, which is nice because I can hose it off. Yeah. Right? Because they inevitably yeah. decide they're going to poop in there or, you know, leak milk in there or there's spilled iodine in there or whatever. So I can hose it out. I can bleach it if I want. Um, well... I'm looking, (laughs) I didn't, I'm milking twice a day right now, so I'm not hosing it out twice a day, but the night before got pretty messy. Okay. And so the next morning was nice and muggy and it was just covered in flies, like Mm. so bad. It was so, they they were obnoxiously annoying and bothered the cow, bothered me, you know, I mean, it doesn't affect the milk. The flies can't get to the milk the way we're machine milking, so lest you think we're disgusting. Right. <laughs> the flies are disgusting. <laughs> but um, anyways, I, I had to remind myself, like, but you chose this. Like, I chose having a milk cow. I don't have a milk cow. We have 11 cows now at the farm. Right. Which means 11 cows poop, right? Yes, and a lot. <laughs> I don't know how many chickens we have, but they poop. A lot. Right? And so we have all this animal manure around, which draws the flies in, and it's Florida, like, there's no getting away from flies. Mm-hmm. So I chose this, and I chose to not hose it out the night before, like, right. you know, consequences. Yeah, and I've really found that as, it's funny that we've both been telling ourselves this yeah. in our head, yeah. like, at the same time without even knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like I said, I think it's because it's we're busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I find that, you know, when I'm you know, trying to get through all these chores and it's awful and it's hot and it's gross. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell myself I chose this. Mm-hmm. It really helps fix my attitude about mm-hmm. it. Right. Because there was a long period of time that I wanted the milk cow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I wanted her so badly. Yeah. Yeah. And like how many years did I dream about having property, mm-hmm. you know, and how many years did we work and how, towards having right. property. And how many of them fell through for you? It wasn't yes. the right place or it wasn't the right time or... Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in our house, we're big on um, <laughs> reminding one another that our choices have consequences. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, these are the consequences. So that's something that um, we say a lot in our house. We don't like to tell ourselves that, but we like to tell each other that because that's the nature of human beings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been telling myself a lot. Yeah. 
Well, Mm -hmm. and it really helps you just keep putting one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. and just getting done what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Because that's really what it boils down to. Sometimes you just got to get it done. You just got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to do it. So um, my other real big thing right now is um, with milking. So we bought a new milk cow. She's been with us for three or four weeks. And um, I love her. She's working out beautifully. She's great. She's producing more than I expected. Nice. Um, But I started her on twice a day milking because that's what she was used to at the dairy she came from. Yeah. And she spent two weeks between the dairy and us where she was basically living in a stall with this older fella who just buys and sells cows. Yeah. And um, he wasn't milking her. He was putting calves on her twice a day. And they were keeping her emptied out yeah, fairly well. Well, the first day I brought her home, she only gave half a gallon of milk. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, we drove all this distance to get her. It was a headache to get her. We paid a vet. We, you know, paid a lot of money for her and all that for our half a gallon. Well, I, I needed to milk twice a day to get her production back up. Yeah. And um, that we did. So, yeah, I, I had to milk her twice a day. But I don't do that regularly in milk cow life, I get them worked down to once a day. Yeah. Um, unless, unless I have to, like when they first calf, it's always twice a day. When we first wean calves, it's always twice a day. Um, but I work them down and, you know, I do that between their diet and, um, stretch them out a couple of milkings at a time where they go 18 hours and just kind of get a feel for how are they doing with that before we go 24. Well, she did two milkings at 24 hours and that didn't work for her. (laughs) So she, um, I guess at this volume, what she's giving is between four and five gallons a day on twice a day milking. She can't do just once a day for that. And, and I expect her to decrease overall production, um, but she just, I guess she just wasn't, she just hasn't, she had, yeah. So we had like some very early signs of possible mastitis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very gun shy with at this point. So yeah. I immediately went to twice a day milking and it cleared up with the first milking. So that's good. Yeah. I was able to, I mean, not like a full blown mastitis. I, that's probably not the right word, but she would, she was on her way to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, with so many changes, yeah, so many. Changes. I would imagine that's probably fairly common with that many yeah. changes in her milking schedule. Yeah, yeah. So she, I mean, she was like, she was coming in leaking before I even washed her up <laughs> to get her ready for milking. She was leaking every time. I was like, just stop, just stop, Willow. But she wouldn't. So um, here I'm stuck basically at twice a day milking and. You know, that doesn't sound like such a bad deal if you're not familiar with milk cow life, but it's not just milking. It's also sanitizing equipment in jars and going through more feed. And it also happens to be the time that I'm trying to get supper on the table or, you know, my uh, young adult kids are getting home and I want to greet them and my husband's getting home and I want to greet him, you know? Right. And there you are milking your cow. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to like throw together as many quick, quickly prepared foods as I can. And which, you know, that works for a little while, but not every day. Right. And so... And because we live in Florida, <laughs> that's the only time that I can like get out and garden without 
you know, it being... In the evening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, without dying out there. <laughs> yeah, like if you're not out there first thing, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen until the evening. Right. That's why I picked cucumbers in the rain last night. Because mm-hmm. I waited. Yeah. You know, because I didn't want to be out there in the middle of the day. It was hot. Well, first thing in evening is when I milk. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like... um I'm just spread too thin during those times of day. Yeah. And, but I chose that. Right. Like I wanted to have the milk cows. I wanted this particular cow. I should have had the forethought of, oh, she's coming from a dairy. They always milk twice a day. Right. So I didn't. (laughs) But I love her. Yeah. Well, and And it's still so worth it. it. It is. It's worth it. And the good news is, is it's seasonal. And right. this too shall pass. That's another yeah. thing I tell myself that all the time. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're right. She will get down to once a day. Yeah. I just. And then there'll be the, you know, you'll eventually dry her off. And, right. and then you have those months of the year where you have no milk. And I'm itching for it. Right. Yeah. And you're like, what am I doing with all of, you know. Right, right, <laughs> right. to do. Yeah, yeah. I have all these cows and no milk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just happy that we're getting into summer because we always kind of get that lull in mm-hmm. summertime, you know, where it's too hot to garden. Mm-hmm. Everything's just like covered in weeds and it's 500 degrees. And yeah. Um, and then we get to spend a little bit of time indoors, you know, in the right. AC and right. we get a little bit of break. Yeah, we do. We do. I'm usually like starting seeds though again. Yeah. That time. Yeah. Usually like busy. July, that's like tomato starting time for right. fall winter tomatoes. Right. Yeah. I've got that on my brain. I'm doing different cherry tomatoes in fall and winter. Different? Well, I mean, you know, I usually do like a bunch of different varieties, but this year I chose sweet 100s only. <laughs> oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's just the beginning of cherry tomato season and I'm already a little bored with my sweet 100s. Mm-hmm. Although they're doing beautifully, they're delicious. They're mm-hmm. just not quite as pretty in the bowl. Right. So. Yeah, I like the variety. I'll do a different, yeah. I'll do more variety, I should say, for I fall and I didn't do winter. variety either. I have two kinds. Actually, well, I guess three kinds because I have one of those. It's a large red cherry, which is a little bit sweeter. Mm -hmm. They take a little longer to ripen. Um, They don't produce quite as much as your typical cherries. But um, yeah. Yeah. So you chose that, Jenny. I chose that. (laughs) You had a good reason. I chose that. (laughs) Yeah. So we uh, we recently got presented with an opportunity um, from our neighbor to um, use a couple of their pastures for our cows. And, um, you know, before I put anybody over there, of course, we had to ride around and check fences mm-hmm. and make sure everything was squared away. And um, I came across like a bunch of that tropical soda apple stuff oh, yeah. that's toxic to mm-hmm. cows. Oh, we have it everywhere. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the cows don't eat it. They don't eat it, no. But it's invasive. It's very invasive. It's very invasive. So there I go. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. this was part of the deal. If Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the pastures, have to maintain the pastures. Okay, let's get a shovel. Let's dig this up and burn it. And, (laughs) you know, so as many times as I find myself in situations like that, you know, there's always, there's, but there's always a benefit from it, you know, right. as hard as it might be. 
Right. And, and there's I, always a fruit that comes from it. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard, but it's worth it. It's when it's, it's hard, that, but it's it goes worth back it. to that, like choosing your hard. Yeah. Right. Choosing your hard. Yep. I mean, yep. What's the alternative? You, you have your cows on a space that's too small for your land to support all the time and you have to buy right. hay and have to like, buy a bunch of feed, bunch of hay. Right. Yep. Yep. So, um, and then what's the saying? Like anything worth doing? How does it go? It's, well, I've heard it said it's worth doing wrong, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> no. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. I can't either. I can't either. I think it depends on your level of sarcasm that you speak. In our house, it's pretty high. In our house, it's pretty high too. So, mm. um, so yeah, I mean, as hard as things are, um, and that's the nice thing about homesteading and growing your own food is you know, there's going to be a harvest. Mm -hmm. And everything is for a season. So Mm -hmm. like you you put the work in up front and like, you know, I I think back to January and February when we're so excited for the garden. We're so excited. We can't, like we're itching to get out. We can't wait for the frost to pass. And Mm -hmm. there's no more freezes. And we're looking at beautiful seed catalogs and Mm -hmm. planning on, paper with colored pencils and you know yeah we're ready yeah and we've got gumption to get out there and do it and then you know that only goes so far yeah you know before the honeymoon wears off uh-huh. and yeah you, you have to tell yourself yes. i chose this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think i think if i could say one thing to the new homesteader who comes across their first really hard season or really busy season um, I would say to remember the time that you wanted it and how badly you wanted it. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, this didn't just happen. Like you worked for it. You waited for it. You planned for it. You sacrificed for it. Yeah. Right. And it, it it's a culmination of, um, you know, circumstances that it came about. It, it didn't just happen. Nope. And, um, you know, now you get to be the good steward that you wanted to be. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, on the flip side, you know what, we can also choose to pour a drink and sit on the porch. Mm -hmm. And you know what, the garden will still be there. Mm -hmm. You know what, you might not choose to go out in the garden when you need to go out in the garden. Mm -hmm. You might say, no, you know what, it's going to have to wait. I need a time out. And that's okay. Right. You know, sometimes you got to do that. It's okay. You might, there might be a consequence to deal with. Right. Um, you know, where your tomatoes might split because you didn't pick them ahead of the rainstorm coming tonight. Right. Right. Um, there's so many times things that I sat out for a day mm-hmm. <laughs> lately. I think just because I've been spread so thin yeah. at that time of day and, you know, oh, I desperately need to spray. And Mm -hmm. I didn't spray. And we had a really humid night after a couple of days of rain. We had several humid nights and went out the next morning to check things when I decided I had time. And sure enough, like my garden is full of disease right now. Is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have ridiculous blight. I have ridiculous powdery mildew. Dang it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's part of it, 
but it I, is. It's, and some years are worse than others or better than others. Right. That was my garden last year. Everything was diseased and dying. And, yeah. And this I mean, year it's not. I'm getting plenty of fruit. I'm getting, yeah. I, I don't have, knock on wood, <laughs> um, a terrible pest problem. That's good. I've had a little bit, but I, it, like, it's been very easily managed. Yeah, knock on wood for sure, because same here. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's been pretty minimal. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Um, so I had, I couldn't figure out what was getting in my garden. I had the same problem last year in the exact same row. And I thought it was a rabbit okay. that was like methodically eating peanuts. Well, this year I have some volunteer peanuts came up, but also I planted green beans. And okay. as soon as they come up, they're disappearing. I'm like, it's cutworms. It's, cut, <gasps> it's gotta be cutworms. It's not cutworms, it's not. Jenny. No. What is that? It's a deer. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So many people ask me, have asked me over the years, don't you have a problem with deer in your garden? And I've never had a problem. I've never had a problem with deer in my garden either. Right. So I have found, it's called Repels All. Okay. I think that's what it's called. And they make different kinds. Like there's one that's a granular. I tried that first. It worked on my bigger, taller green beans that were already established and like producing. Okay. Um, but my baby green beans that were just coming up, it's, there's just nothing for them to stick to, for that the granules to stick to. So um, I bought the liquid one, and it's a concentrate. You add it to water. And I sprayed those babies. I haven't lost one peanut plant and I haven't lost one green bean plant since I started using it. Nice. So, yeah, I've, they, they got my, <laughs> this year it's been the peanuts and the green beans in that same row. It's the weirdest Isn't thing. Isn't that weird how that happens <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. Like I have a spot. There, it's just one spot in my garden. Every time I put a tomato plant in that one spot, that tomato plant does the worst. Out of all the tomato plants. Just, you have to plant something else there. It's just <laughs> one spot. I'm like, what is going on with this that one is, spot? Yeah, that's it's bizarre. so weird. Yeah, so I, and I didn't know it was deer because I didn't see any signs of deer. And yeah. like, the way this stuff has been eaten, it is, it is very methodical. Like, they start, it started at one end of the row and it ate a little bit. And then the next day, there was a little bit more gone from that same section until like, it's all gone, you know? So I did find, though, some deer tracks and some poop down at my sweet potatoes at the end of the garden. But it didn't eat Mm. any of the sweet potatoes. It didn't eat anything else. You would have thought it would have liked them sweet potato leaves. Except my grapes. It did eat my grapes. So Dang it. I know. Before I realized what it was. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, that just comes along with it, you know. Right. Right. I mean, troubleshooting and learning through experience, trial and error, is all part of the garden game, the homestead game, uh-huh. the game of life, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, repels all, good stuff. Repels all. But if I don't spray it, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> They're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some soap trick, too, that you can do. Like, the soap in the pantyhose, you, like, take Irish Spring soap and, like... Irish Spring didn't work for me. It didn't work for uh-uh. you. I mean, I've never tried it. But I did try it, because somebody suggested it. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've heard that. Mothballs didn't work. No. I put two whole packs of mothballs out, and they didn't care about mothballs at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have a moth problem, though. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had much caterpillar issue, which is interesting. Uh, we have had a lot of wasps, a lot of wasps. And I think they're keeping the caterpillars down. 
That's good. Yeah. You know what has been the tomato hornworms? Okay. I have not had an issue with them at all on my tomato plants, but you know what they're eating? The soda apple? No. Oh. I wish they would eat the soda apple. Because they will. Apple, I but... discovered that last year. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Next time I find one, maybe I'll just throw it over, Put it over there. <laughs> Although I think I dug most of that up. So hopefully that's all gone. Um, but no, my goji berries. Oh. The tomato hornworms love the goji berries. Like I could not I figure out. I thought they out. only eat nightshades. That is not true. Okay. They eat goji berries. For a while there, like I couldn't figure out, like one of my goji parent plants looked great. And then the other one, like every time I looked at it, it had less and less foliage on it mm. and like started looking all sticky and sad, like it was trying to die. And so it took me a while to figure out that there was a dang hornworm on there. It took me forever to find it. That. Um, and I've found two on it so far. And so I'm plucking them off of there. And so it's starting to come back to life. But mm. I was like, dang it. My goji's, I'm not impressed. <laughs> I've gotten like two berries and they were nasty. <laughs> they were like the most sour, almost chemical tasting. Were they orange? Yes. They do have a little bit of um, like an astringent flavor. Like... Like the astringent persimmon. Yes. Where it's not, I wouldn't say chemical tasting, but it's like chemical feeling. Yeah. And that was my one thing. I don't know what episode it was, but we were talking about what we were most excited about for (laughs) our gardens. The goji berries. And like, well, you know, things change. (laughs) We can course correct. (laughs) Oh, I I was excited to have gojis too. Um, I have had them fresh from a friend before. Okay. And I liked them. And I wonder if there's something that we could do to to the soil to sweeten them. Yeah, there's got to be some type of fertilizer or something that we're missing. They've mm-hmm. got to be missing something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the variety. I don't know. But the plants are growing well. They flower beautifully. And yeah. then I get like three little berries and they're tiny. They're right? very small. <laughs> so you get like three tiny little seeds of a berry for every 25 flowers. I that swear. are nasty. Yeah. They're not delicious, <laughs> but they're super good for you. So Yeah. I'm kind of wishing that I had a few more blueberry bushes in my garden because, um, oh, yeah, they're doing pretty good. And I mean, nobody else in my family ever gets any blueberries because I'm the only one that goes and walks the garden. (laughs) So, I mean, like, I'll pick, like, you know, 10 or so and just eat them as I'm walking around doing my garden chores. So I don't really have enough to share with anybody in the family. So um, it would be nice to have a few more. We just went and picked uh, blueberries at a friend's place. Mm -hmm. And, um, man, they're so good. They're They're so so good. good. And every time, I think I should attempt taking cuttings off of his trees when we go back and try to get some of those plants going at my own place. Yeah. It would be worth a shot. Yeah. Um, We picked like 10 berries total off of our new blueberries this year. And then the birds found them. I know. I hate that. And I knew I should do something about this before the birds find them. Mm -hmm. But my choices of not doing that... (laughs) I yeah. didn't choose this. I didn't choose that. Yeah, the birds, <laughs> the birds chose it. <laughs> so, 
So I have to figure that out. I have a friend who has um, young blueberry plants also, and she built like a freaking Fort Knox around her blueberries. It's pretty cool. Okay. To keep the birds out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could probably do like some like really like kind of lightweight like PVC type structure, like build mm-hmm. a little frame around them or something, anchor it down. I want to say she just used like one by twos and chicken mm-hmm. wire mm-hmm. or hardware cloth, you know, something right. that can't fly. She said she had done this before at their last house and um, they used bird netting because okay. that sounded like it was good. Sounds like that would work. The problem that happened for them was the birds figured out how to get in, and then they couldn't get out. Mm. So they just flew around eating on the berries <laughs> until they died. That's <laughs> terrible. Death by blueberry. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she said this so far is working well. So Okay. So what, what, what's doing good in your garden right now? Um, tomatoes. I am, I yeah. am getting tomatoes. Um, the Bradley tomatoes are doing pretty well. Okay. I think it's the Bradley variety. I, maybe I should check that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and my cherry tomatoes are all doing great. Um, even though they all have disease and I'm working, trying to hit it really hard these, over this next couple of days. But, um, I don't care if I lose the zucchini and squash because to powdery mildew because we have so much of it yeah. on our counters. It's ridiculous. So, and I'm starting new seeds of those anyways. Yeah, I'm I just, just pull them out. I just did another round of scallop squash. So, yeah. um, but that kind of stuff is not going crazy in my garden. My zucchini's just doing okay. I get like a couple here and there, and like really? that's it. And same with scallop squash, a couple here and there. But that's okay for us because. Right. Nobody really loves it. Right. Although oh, us too. <laughs> right. And you have like 500 of them. Yeah. Um, I did make that, and I shared it on one of our very, very, very early episodes, the recipe to the lemon pickled summer squash. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I made a couple of more jars of that before we went camping last weekend to take with us, and it mm-hmm. was so good. It's a refrigerator pickle, right? It's a refrigerator yeah. pickle. I need to do yeah. that. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, you do like, you can do garlic if you want, but onion, lemon, and squash. And then your quick pickle, Brian. Hot peppers, maybe. Yeah, maybe hot peppers. It's so good. Mm. My peppers are killing it. My peppers are starting to kill it. I should, I probably tonight, I will pick shishito peppers for the first time. Yeah. I have to get some seeds from you. Yeah, I Um, should have plenty. Yeah, I. Okay, so remember how I was going to have a plant sale, and then I didn't have a plant sale? Right. (laughs) And then, well, so I was caught in this weird place between um, not enough to have a plant sale, but too much for my own garden. And I was like, too much for my own garden? That's ridiculous. I can find places to cram plants in. And so that's why I have so many squash and zucchini, too. (laughs) Okay. I somehow felt the need to plant 25 million jalapenos. And so... And they are like overproducing. Uh oh. And the sweet pepper, I have sweet peppers too, which I didn't think this through. <laughs> the choice that I made in this case was that I planted them near each other, so I won't be saving the seeds of my favorite sweet peppers. Right. But, well, I do have some further away. I could try that. I, th- I had already decided in my head I'm going to rebuy those seeds, anyways. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways. 
Lots of peppers. Mm. Poblanos, jalapenos. Nice. Tabasco, sweet peppers. The Pippin's honey gold. Oh, I've never even heard of that. It's like sugar in my mouth. Really? So good. Yes. Where'd you get those seeds? I think I got them at Territorial. Okay. They were a free seed pack. Oh. Yeah. I love that. I didn't. I wasn't even interested in them. Right. They just, you know, a lot of times if you're not familiar with ordering seeds, um, they'll send you a free seed pack when you yeah. order. And yeah, they were a free pack. I think they sent that and some flowers. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do these. Sure. Last year. Turned I, out to be my favorite pepper. Nice. Yeah. I got a free seed pack from um, Seed the Stars this year. And I don't know if they like did this on purpose, but you know, my last name's Graham. And mm-hmm. so they sent me Graham speckled peas and mm. they're doing so good. Is it like a Southern pea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was cute. I was like, oh, I wonder if that was by accident or if they like did that on purpose. They're a a small little outfit. I bet they did it on purpose. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm excited to try those because we haven't ever tried those before. So yeah, hopefully they give us some good production. I also tried a purple green bean and a yellow wax bean. I I can't remember which kind of yellow bean it is, but I really like the yellow bean. That's what you cooked with your chicken the other day. Yes. You posted in your I Dutch did. oven. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I they did. looked good. Yeah, they are prolific. Mm-hmm. They keep coming. Um, although now they've really slowed down. Mm-hmm. And I did write down the variety that I, or I think I took a picture somewhere. So I have I have it somewhere cataloged that I can look back and see what kind it was so I can buy them again. But it was a seed pack that I bought at a store. I don't remember which mm-hmm. store. Um, but I told Eric, I like these much better than our typical bush bean, green bean. Oh. Yeah. They must be doing really good then. They're doing great. Nice. And the purple beans, like, they're just fun. You know, they were just for kicks. But, um, and they turn green when you cook them anyways. Yeah. But, um, they are super prolific. Like, I picked, and they flushed again, and I picked, and they flushed again, and I think we're on our third or fourth round. Nice. So, Mm-hmm. Nice. My green beans are doing just okay this year. I mean, we're getting like enough for us to eat fresh. I haven't canned any yet, mm-hmm. but I'm not even really worried about that because again, my people just don't love canned green beans, mm. you know? Yeah. So. Mine love them. I was not raised eating any kind of canned food <laughs> except spinach. <laughs> spinach and beets, my mom would buy canned. Other than that, we didn't buy any kind of canned food and um, it's all Eric knew. And, um, his mom was big on food storage. And so a lot of their vegetables were canned and, um, I started gardening and it just made sense to, you know, can as much as I could. And they love, they love the canned green beans. Nice. I think for green beans, the trick is to find a variety that's not so tender. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you want to eat them fresh, pick them when they're small. Yeah. So they're more tender than, you know, their bigger size. And then, um, by the time they go through that pressure canner, they soften up, but they're not mush. Yeah. I don't want a mushy bean. Yeah. That, and you know, that, that could very well come down to variety. Like you said. Yeah. What variety are you growing? Blue Lake. I think. Blue Lake bush. Beans. Bush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They I had, think, there's a pole bean too. I think I'm the, I think that's the bush bean that I'm doing. Yeah. I okay. think so. If I remember correctly. So what, and you may have to think about this for a minute, on your homestead, have you chosen that you went 
you know what? That was not a good choice, and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that again. Um, well, I have laid down some things in the past that I've picked up again, and I've laid down some things that I intend to pick up again. <laughs> right. So, like, bees, hun- keeping honeybees. Um, I uh-huh. thoroughly enjoyed keeping honeybees, but... When we quit doing it, we were moving. I, that, I feel like that's my all-time excuse for everything because we don't know how to not move. <laughs> yeah, y'all have moved a lot. We have moved a lot in recent years. How many um, times did you sell your, tell yourself, I chose this? I chose <laughs> I didn't, honestly, Jenny. Those were situations of God sent us. <laughs> right. I chose to follow the voice. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I, we've, we used to keep bees, Ian and I kept bees and it was something that was cool to do together. Um, and then we just, we didn't have the time to check them as often as needed. And we were losing them to splits. Our neighbor at the time sprayed his yard like every three days with, you know, something and had mosquito Joe out there all the time and all of that. And we had, um, we had a big die off right before we moved. And I was like, we're done. I'm just right. selling it all. I right. can't, I can't keep putting money into something that doesn't work. Yeah. And it, and it, and it wasn't working in that season mm-hmm. with, with that location and the place in life we were and all of that. So um, it might be better out at your new place though. Yeah. I, I have a longing to do it again. Uh-huh. Um, so I said this was going to be the spring that I set up swarm traps and tried to get started on my own, but I haven't done it. Right. That's, I, this is not the time of year to add something like that to your list. I chose to have a botched plant sale instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meaningless busyness. Right. So what yeah. about you? Um, I would definitely say, well, okay, so there's two things. We tried quail and said, oh, no, right. never mind. We don't want to do quail. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that was, like, one of the first things that we ever tried. And, you know, we had some that were just fighting. And, like, I was like, eh, I just don't even think I want to process these little things. Mm-hmm. So we stopped doing that and never looked back at it again and just started doing meat chickens. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, with a big family, it's kind of like, okay, that's you need like a lot a, of quail. Yeah. It's like a really small bird. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. I think we would, we would cook, um, at least a dozen for the four of us and our boys were small then. Right. Like I want to do quail again. Right. Like eat all the quail in the whole entire pen for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I packaged them up a dozen at a time. And we probably mm-hmm. would cook two dozen because we'd have some leftovers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so then we have the, then we have the thing of, um, okay, we're going to do this. And then we're like, oh, I chose this. But no, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's right. pigs. Oh. And then we go back to it. And like we beat our head on the wall over pigs. And then we get rid of them all. And then we do it again. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we miss having pigs. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, the, nothing goes to waste. And now they're a pain in the butt again. And now they're huge and, and they're the destroying fences. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we're like, why are we doing this? <laughs> I, I do think the negatives outweigh the positives when it comes to pigs a lot of times. <sighs> yeah. We still have our sow, Big Mama. I was just thinking about her the other day. Like, what in the heck are we doing with her? Yeah, what are you doing? I don't know. I mean, she just have her. Yeah, just have her. I mean, she only drink or she only eats um, 
two scoops of soaked corn a day. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't even really eat that much. Right. Um, So, and she's chilling. She got out the other morning, though. It was like on a Monday morning. I wake up and I look outside. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning, and there she is in the backyard. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh. Jenny, we have this pig. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you know our story with this pig that we ended up with. Yes. Um. This pig, and and we've we've been talking about getting a butcher day, and it, we just haven't done it. Right. Well, this pig, I walked out to do chores one day this week. It was this week? It was just a few days ago. And um, I go out. We use our garage door and go out into the garage, and there's the pig. She's all of two hundred and thirty pounds or something, and she's just a rifle in through our laundry. <laughs> Oh, my word. <laughs> and I stopped in my tracks, and, like, it scared me at first because it just, like, I was like, what is that? You right, know? because you're not expecting to see a pig it's rooting our, through your laundry. It's our pig, yeah. She um, <sighs> has learned how to open the gate to the milk stanchion, mm-hmm. which then there's a pass-through walk, like a pass-through door. Like right. No door, just an opening to get out. Yes. And it's fine um, for the cows and all the other animals, but Pig has learned how to put her snout underneath the door and lift it up in just the right place mm-hmm. to get just the right part pushed up and out over the latch so she can get out. They are smart animals. Yeah. Yeah, and once they figure it out, mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. Yep. So... That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she's going to go soon, and then we will keep pigs again. I can't ever say we're not going to keep pigs I again. know, I know. We do it to ourselves, too. It's like, yeah. you know, we have them, and then they drive us nuts, and we get rid of them. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we should get a pig again. You know what? <laughs> I will add. Um, so we are changing direction with... Um, I'm laughing because I'm watching your dog push the swing over there at the chickens. That is hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got totally distracted. Oh, that's another one of those. I chose this. I chose these dogs. I chose these dogs that drive me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. For you sure. Know. But, I mean, you know, we do pretty good with predators. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the most part. For the most part, other than the unfortunate little bottle lambs, which I'm convinced. If I ever end up with bottle lambs again, I'm not just going to put them out with all the other lambs if they've been orphaned by their mom. Because those two lambs, they would stay with everybody. They would always, like, try to wander off by themselves. And mm-hmm. so they were making themselves vulnerable by doing that. Yeah. Not being with everybody. So, right. you know, if I end up with bottle lambs again, they might just stay pinned up. Right. I was going to say, or you pin them at night. Yeah. Um, I started to say, so in the past, we've bred all of our dairy girls to beef beef bulls and so that we could raise up their calves for beef. Yeah. And we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, We have two beef mamas and we'll breed them for beef. Yeah. We're just going to raise a little bit of beef for us and then we'll have a little bit for sale every year. But other than that, we're going to breed our dairy mamas to dairy bulls. Yeah. And I'm going to sell trained heifers yeah. to people and hopefully, you know, spread that goodness. Right. The milk cow world. Right. And um, so that's the plan right now. So that's a that's a change in choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to add rabbits. We've kept meat rabbits before. Yes. Um, 
I, I'll say this about meat rabbits. We liked having the fast turnover for meat, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't beat having quail and chickens. Yeah. Um, everything that you're going to do with a rabbit to cook it, you all of the recipes were like, basically, we'll just substitute rabbit for chicken. Like, whatever you do with your chicken, just use rabbit instead. And like, well, then... And it is very much the same. It very much tastes like chicken. <laughs> so, right. Like dark meat chicken. So I'll just raise the chicken. Right. Because, I mean, the chickens, they only take eight weeks to grow out. Right. Right. So um, we do have a couple of meat rabbits now, but they're not for the purpose of having meat rabbits. I just wanted the poop for the garden. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they're so friendly. Are they? These rabbits are so friendly. They were super socialized, though, before okay. I got them by a couple of sweet little girls. <laughs> Like, I can let them out, and they come right back to me. It's funny. Do they live in your garden, in their their cage? They're in a cage in my garden, yeah. I just take them out sometimes and let them run around. And, I mean, they have space to, like, hop around. They're not, like, in a small cage. It's It's one of my old chicken tractors. Oh. So it's four by eight, and there's three rabbits in there. And I drag it over a new patch of grass. Right. I'm mostly feeding them from the garden. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, because there's always some kind of leaf that has some bug damage on it that you can pass to them or. Yeah. Yeah. All those winter things, the kales are bolting. Yeah. So like even before they were bolting, I was like, well, we're kind of kaled out. And I started to pull the plants out and was like, you know, I can just let it keep going for the rabbits. So that's, that's what we're doing. But yeah, I don't think we'll keep meat rabbits for the purpose of having meat anymore. Um, we just didn't enjoy it. Like I didn't, I didn't like processing them. Not that I enjoy process butchering, you know, anything. Right. But, um, and maybe this sounds hypocritical, but like they are (laughs) a cute furry creature, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know, like the manner, that's what it was really. The manner that you have to kill them was difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, quail were were difficult for me too. Yeah, that was kind of my issue with quail. I was like, oh, so you just like cut their heads off like with right. a pair of scissors, just like right. They're so fragile. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, know. I was like, uh, I don't know. They're kind of cute and small. <laughs> I thought that Which about is, the rabbits until like they tried to maul me when I took them out of the cage. And it was like, oh, you're going to <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I always uh, think it's so funny. But when, the quail whenever, too. We're, whenever we're butchering chickens, it's always Tori that grabs them out of the chicken tractor. And like there's always <laughs> at least a couple of times where like a chicken like scratches them or yeah. like tries or to get bites away or and bites them. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he can get all mouthy and feisty with the chickens. And it's like, babe, come on, calm down now. Or, I mean, it's human nature, right? I, mean, I want vindication at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to encourage you guys that, you know, if, if you're feeling the, um, the spread thin feeling too. Right. Or the... Um, why, why am I doing this? Uh-huh. You know, why am I out here struggling to keep the squash plant alive when squash costs like 50 cents a pound or something ridiculous at the store right now? Yeah. <laughs> because it's in season. Um, you know, and that's another thing. Like 
Maybe next year you don't grow that plain yellow squash because you can find it for cheap at the grocery store. Maybe next year you grow something a little more interesting that you can't find Mm -hmm. and that'll keep you going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a really fun variety of tomato that you're never going to find in the store. Right. Or like a super cool like melon that you can't find in the store. Yeah. Oh, that's what's doing well for me. Oh, your melons? I never grow melons well. Okay. I have grown a handful of melons over all of my years of gardening. Yeah, me too. This year I have a volunteer watermelon that is doing great. I'm not touching it. Right. And I had some, I think they're cantaloupes that are growing on a vine that I didn't actually plant. Um, It was part of that, like, I started some seeds. I thought they didn't come up. I dumped the soil back in the bulk bin and potted... um, potted up some peppers. Uh-huh. And once that soil got warm enough and, you know, the rain started coming in all, these little cantaloupes came up. Mm-hmm. So nice. I think it's cantaloupes. Um, and they could be, I guess they could be kajaris because I had started kajaris too. Those are good melons. Yeah. You just got to eat them quick. Yeah. I, I felt, think they're cantaloupes though. I felt like they spoiled quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get really musky. That was the problem I had with kajaris. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 um, we didn't grow many of them. I only grew them once and they kept splitting before mm-hmm. they were ripe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, friends, just remember you chose this. You chose this the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next week. Yep. We will talk to you then. Later, y'all. Bye.